0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. First Samuel twenty-seven. This morning, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word, and uh, I'll read our text. Pray, and then you can be seated. First Samuel twenty-seven. The Bible said in verse number one, and David said in his heart, "I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than that the land uh, than that the land of the Philistines." Uh, Let me back up and say that again. There's nothing better for me than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel so shall I escape out of his hand and David arose and he passed over with 600 men that were with him unto Achish the son of Monarch king of Gath David dwelt with Achish at Gath and his men and every man with his household and David with his two wives now skip down to verse 4 and it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, uh, and he sought no more again for him. And David said unto Achish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, uh, let them give me a place in some town uh, in the country, that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell uh, in the royal city uh, with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziglag that day, wherefore Ziglag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day." And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. Now, Lord, you know the need of this service this morning. And I pray, God, that your will and way would be done. I pray, God, that you'd use us for a little while as we preach today. I pray, God, that you'd add a blessing to the reading of your word. I pray, God, that you'd give us clarity of mind this morning. I pray, God, that you'd give us clarity of speech today. I pray, Lord, that you'd put a bridle about our mouth. Lord, help us to say no nothing God that wouldn't be ordained from you today I pray God that if there would be one here lost and on the road to hell God may they make their way to Calvary today and be saved God if there's one here backslidden walking a guilty distance from you I pray oh God Father that you draw them close to you I pray by the end of the message today God that you would but remind every one of us God of the results of sin and God that we'll never sin and get by with it in Jesus name that name that's above of every name that we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to look into these verses again today. And last uh, Sunday night, if you was here on Sunday night, I preached out of these verses on the beginning uh, of David's failure. The beginning uh, of David's failure. I want to look into these verses tonight or this morning and preach on this thought the results of David's sin. The results of David's sin. Now, uh, um, many of us are aware of the life of David, and uh, uh, if you come here all the time, you know my love for studying uh, of the life of David. I, I enjoy studying. Probably uh, once or twice a month, I preach on David, something to do with David, and I love studying the life of David. And uh, whenever you begin to think about David, we all know the story of uh, uh, David as a young man, probably around fifteen or sixteen years old uh, when he. Sl- Goliath. We're all aware of David being anointing king of Israel and God promising David the throne of Israel one day. And Can I say this? Even though Saul sought to kill David, Saul could have never killed David because God had already promised David the throne and what God sets in place the enemy can't destroy. Amen. And God had already promised that to David. And, uh, David, we we know that about his life. We know some uh, uh, about David being the sweet psalmist of Israel. Uh, we've heard preaching on that. We know that David uh, was a man after God's own heart. And, uh, and 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 man, what preaching we can say about that? That there's nobody else ever in the history uh, of the world that's had that said about them. Uh, uh, and we also know about David's mess up uh, with Bathsheba. We. know that David tarried still in Jerusalem uh, when he was supposed to be on the battlefield and David didn't go to the battlefield uh, uh, even though he was king and was supposed to be there and because of that David uh, messes up with Bathsheba and the sword never departed uh, out of David's house. We know that out of that David become a murderer because he sent the letter for Uriah the Hittite uh, uh, to be murdered and uh, again I'm just going to say this in pass sitting by. You better be real careful with who you're giving your letter to. You better be real careful who you're sharing your heart with because Joab never let him get over that and Joab done anything he ever wanted to do because he knew some things on David that nobody else knew. Amen goes right there and Joab had that over his head and that's the reason when Solomon started to take over his king David told him the first thing you do is kill Joab. That's what he told him. So first thing you do take care of Joab. Why did David say that? Here's the reason I think David said that, because David didn't want his son finding out what Joab knew. God. Amen. And David, we know about that. When I want to say this to you, and I said this last Sunday, personally in my study, and in my personal opinion, chapter number 27, 28, 29, and 30 records the worst sins in David's life. I really believe that it is a greater sin than the sin with Bathsheba. I really believe that David in chapter number 27 and in the verses that I just read to you stoops the lowest that he ever has in his life or that he ever will. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Here's exactly what David does. The Philistines, uh, are you with me this morning, are the nation of Israel's enemies. Matter of fact, you remember the young man I'm headed somewhere, stay with him. You remember the the man that David killed uh, as a young man. He was Goliath from where? Goliath from where? Gath. That's where he was from. And now David, uh, the sweet psalmist of Israel, of uh, the mighty singer of Israel, of uh, the mighty man of God, David, of uh, the man after God's own heart. Now David, we find him in chapter number twenty-seven uh, uh, because of fear of Saul, uh, runs and joins himself. With who? With Gath and the Philistines. David turns his back on God. Uh, David turns his back on the nation of Israel. And David commits the worst sin of his life right here in chapter number 27 the results of his sin I thought about this to really understand what sin is we need to understand the definition of sin now I understand you can look it up in the Webster's Dictionary but I'm not interested in what the Webster says I'm interested in what my King James says here's what the Bible says about it in James four seventeen. therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is what it is a sin so if we know we're supposed to do right, if we know we're supposed to go to church, if we know we're supposed to tithe, can I get an amen right there? If we know what we're supposed to do and yet we do not do it, according to the word of God, it's sin. It's sin. Here's also what the Bible said in James chapter 1 verse 14 and 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I promise you the end result of sin will always be death. That's that's what the Bible said also thought about this verse, number, chapter number 32 and verse number 33. The Bible said this, or 32, verse number 23. But if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord. Now listen to this. And be sure your sin will find you out. And be sure your sin will find you out. I wish that I had a dollar for every time from about the age of 13 to 20 that I heard my mama say that. I do. I'd be a millionaire probably today. Brother Charlie and I was talking, man, we was packed out in Sunday school just in the back. We had 101 in Sunday school just in the back. Brother Charlie and I was talking and he said, what are we going to do with everybody if it keeps going like this? And I said, Brother Charlie, we need a million dollars, man. He said, if I had it I'd give it to you and we'd break ground tomorrow. But you know what? If I had a dollar for every time my mama said, be sure your sins will find you out, we'd probably build two buildings with it. Be sure Your sins will find you out. You know what, I've had to sit down with my kids, especially the two older, and say sometimes, you know what, you may hide it from me. You may hide it from your mama. You may listen to me. You may hide something from your spouse. You may hide something, mom and daddy, from your children. But there is an all-seeing eye that sees everything that we do. And we better understand that sin will find us out. And be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. Anytime you sin, there is a consequence for that. It may not be an immediate consequence, but there is a consequence. Matter of fact, David's consequences for his sin in chapter 27 didn't come to a year and four months later in chapter number 30. But the consequences came. For every sin there is a consequence. There's absolutely no way that you can sin and get by with it if you're saved by the grace of God. And I'll just say this to you. If you're lost, there's still no way you can sin and get by with it because the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. And if you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, the payment for your sin will be that you'll die and go to hell one day. The results of sin... The results of sin. Let me show you three things we'll go home. Number one this morning, I want you to see this. The people in David's life were affected. The people in David's life were affected. The Bible said in verse number two, And David arose and he passed over with 600 men that was with him. The Bible goes on to say that they dwelt there in verse number 3 and his men and every man with his household, the people of David's life were affected. Because of the foolish decisions David made, everyone whose life touched, everyone whose life touched David's life was affected as well. All 600 of his men and their families, his own wives, his children, his men's wife, their children. You say, Preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. This foolish choice that David made not only affected himself but it's quite possible that it affected 3,000 plus. There's 600 men And you understand, I don't have time to preach manners and customs. But they all probably had more than one wife in that day. David's got two at this time. They're named right here. So if you take 600 men, give them all one wife, that's 1,200. Give them all one child. Now we had 1,800. Are you with me? There's probably 3,000 plus that follows David this day. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Here's simply what I am saying. The Bible says in Romans fourteen seven, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. None of us lived ourself, and none of us died ourself. You see, every choice that we make has an effect on somebody else's life. The people of David's life was affected. That basically means that everything we do in our lives touches those around us. When a husband or a wife steps out on God's will, it affects their marriage. It affects their children. When one or both parents refuses to live by God's standards, it has an impact on everyone inside the home. You see, Daddy, you're just not up messing your life up, but you're messing your spouse's wife life up. You're messing your children's life up. Hey, are you here me preach this morning. David's, the result of his sin affected everybody around him. Affected everybody around him. I thought about the other day we had went to Lenore to Brother Daniel Buchanan's to meet again. We was coming back and whenever we got right there to the bridge in, in, in Rhonda right before you get to that bridge coming from 421 I had a cousin and his wife that went out to meet the Lord right there. And they was a drunk driver hit them head all, and, 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 and they, was, they was going home they was serving God, they was in church, they was living their life according to the word of God and you know what happened? Somebody else choice, uh, somebody else's sin, uh, somebody else's mistake uh, affected their life. It took their life but it not only affected their life but it affected the life of literally hundreds in our family. Why? Because somebody sinned and somebody messed up. It's not just your life. You're not the only one that it affects. Your pleasure may just affect you but the sin uh, and the effects of sin affects everybody around you today. It affects everybody. I said this last Sunday night, and I say it again. I said this last Sunday night, and I say it again. You can cut a big tree down in the middle of the woods, and you know what it's going to do? It's going to damage some small trees around it. Matter of fact, if you was to go up to mom and dad's place up a road here, They just logged a section of it going in. Dad and I was talking yesterday. I was up there and was riding back out the driveway and he said look at all of those trees over to the left. And here's what he said. Look at that dead wood that's over in there. And you know what happened whenever they was logging it? Brother Doug, as they cut those trees, it broke some branches off of even some other big trees. And because of the damage that another tree done to it, now it's dead. And here in a few days there'll be a chainsaw stuck in it and it'll be put on the ground and I'll throw it in a water stove. That tree was just minding its own business. That tree was just doing what it was planted to do. But because of another tree's failure, now it's dead. Now it's going to fall. Are you hearing the preacher this morning? Our sin affects everyone around us. Everyone around us. I thought about this. You know what? somewhere in the county today somewhere in the county today brother Ryan there's some little kid trying to wake a daddy up that's strung out on dope there's some kid trying to wake a mama up that's been out all night drunk and strung out on dope walked into some strange man laying in the bed with her mama this morning And, and you know what they say my sin don't affect nobody else boy sin I wish you'd hear the preacher this morning. It affects so much more. It affects so much more than just you. I thought about this. David in chapter number 30, and I'm moving on, but David in chapter number 30. He goes out to fight with Israel. What about that? That's how far he's gone now. He goes out to fight with Israel, and God spares him. Amen. God shows him grace and God shows him mercy. And if the Lord will let me continue through chapter 28, 29, 30 over the next few weeks, we'll probably see that. But God shows him grace and mercy. But when he comes back to Ziglag, when he comes back to Ziglag, the place is on fire. The whole place is on fire. And that's where his wife's was, where his children was. And those 600 men that was with him, that's where their wives and children was. And guess what? The whole place, their homes is on fire. And their wives are gone, and their children are gone, and we could say it this way, quote unquote, in slavery now. They're at the mercy of somebody else's hand now. All because one man made a foolish decision. All because, brother Stan, one man made a mistake. Now 3,000 plus probably is affected because of one man's mistake. And I thought about this, Brother Josh. How many moms and dads, or how many dads has got their eyes on some other woman? Are you hearing the preacher this morning? And thought this sin will just affect myself. And they messed up and God exposed it. And now they got children that don't like them. Several years ago, my wife and I when the office, when my office was that little hallway right there, sat with a lady that was lost and on the road to hell in a bad shape. Uh, we seen God end up saving her, but here's what she said. I'll never forget the way my daddy treated my mama. I'll never forget the things my daddy done to my mama. I'll never forget the actions that he took while he was married. You know what she was saying? Daddy's sin still affects me today. And because of that, it had her enslaved to sin. Are you hearing me? Mamas and daddy says. Mamas and daddy says, Well, you know what? We'll miss church for anything. It's no big deal. And kids are raised not going to the house of God. They're raised that whenever it's convenient, we'll go. Is everybody still all right this morning? When it's convenient, we'll go to that. Therefore, to him that knoweth do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We'll go when it's convenient. When everything's alright, we'll go. As long as I feel okay, we'll go. Now, if you're puking your guts out, don't come to church. But you understand what I'm saying. And here's what happens, Brother Josh. A child is raised up that we go to church when it's convenient. And they become a slave to the devil's trickery of the church is not needed no more. And because of a mom and daddy sin, now children are enslaved sin. I thought about this, number one, the people of David's life was affected. Number two, I want to show you this. The pattern of David's life was affected. What David normally done, David don't do anymore. The pattern of David's life was affected. Not only did David's decision affect the people around him, the very way David lived his life was affected. In other words, his decision to walk away from the Lord changed him completely. Changed him completely. You ever seen some people, man, that they was just... Man, they was just in there. Man, they was happy. You'd talk to them, man, they was in the center of God's will. They was excited about what God was doing. And then all of a sudden, Brother Dakota, they started missing church a little bit. And then they got to missing it a little bit more. And then those times that you did see them, they didn't have a smile on their face no more. They didn't have joy in their life no more. Why? The pattern of their life has been affected. Verse number four, David lived with a sense of false security. He thought he was safe. He thought he was safe. He said, You know what? If I join up to Gath, Saul won't seek me here. I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say to you. I want you to hear me. If you don't hear nothing else I say this morning, I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say. You will never gain the victory over sin by yoking up with sin. If you don't hear nothing else I say today, I want you to hear that statement. You will never gain the victory over sin by yoking up with sin. You right. right. tell you what happens when you yoke up with sin, you're going to end up falling to sin. You know what? I love the drunkard today, I love him. I want to reach them. I want to tell them about God. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. There's no way that I'm going to go sit on a bar stool to win them to God. The pattern of David's life, it's now affected. Verse number five: David sought help and ran with the wrong crowd. He literally aligned himself with the enemy. David literally joins the Philistines I thought about this know what he says in verse number 5 David falls down before Achish and says the Philistine leader and says this if I have found grace in thine eyes think about this I hope you're understanding me this morning think about this Adam the sweet psalmist of Israel King David that has killed a lion and a bear with his own hands that has in recent days killed the mightiest man of Gath are you hearing me and what does David do to their leader now he bowed. The pattern of David's life has changed now. Yes, there was a time that David was going, You come to me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Right. There was a day that David was looking at, had the Philistines from Gath saying, You bunch of heathens, I serve a God that'll deliver you into my hands. uh, And if nobody else is gonna stand against you, uh, I'll stand against you, uh, I'll fight you because I've got a God uh, uh, that's able to deliver. But watch him now. If I found grace in your eyes, David's not looking for grace in God's eyes. David's now looking for grace in Satan's eyes. David is the pattern of David's life. Let me tell you what sin will do to you this morning. Well, I hope somebody's hearing the preacher today. Sin will change the pattern of your life. Let me tell you the reason people get out of church. Sin changes the pattern of their life. It changes the pattern of their life. He says, if I have found grace in their eyes... This is a clear indication of the state of his soul. It is a cause for regret that God's champion should ever have to beg from an idolater. He eventually considered the grace of God to be insufficient. When the servants of the Lord appeal for assistance from the enemies of their faith, they confuse that God has not met their needs when they accept help from unregenerate donors, they invariably become obligated a circumstance that always leads to trouble. David bows before him and now David is obligated to him. Now David's obligated to do what he says. And you know what happens in David's life? Verse number 8 through 12, David did things that he never would have done before. He murdered, he lied, and he submitted himself to the enemy of God. The whole fabric of David's life was altered by the decision that he made. Verse number 7, David stayed here for 16 months. No doubt, no doubt in my mind that David never David never intended to stay there for a year and four months. You know what happens in sin? Brother Ryan, you see this on a daily basis practically. Some some young person or some adult that was just looking for just a little bit of happiness looked for it in the wrong place and got a hold of the wrong thing. And now their life is completely destroyed by drugs, listen, and alcohol. I'm just going to say this. We're getting away from preaching against alcohol because of the opioid epidemic. And I'm going to tell you something. Alcohol is still straight out of hell just like dope is. Every every last bit of it. Every last bit of of it. All of it. All of it. Let me tell you what will happen. The pattern of your life will be affected by sin. Yes, sir. David, David would have said, I'm right now dumb, but David, boy, if you'd have stood, and I said this last Sunday night, but I won't say it again. If you'd have stood with David on the battlefield that day when he killed Goliath and said, David, you know what? In a few years, you're going to be joined up to that crowd right there, and you're going to be bowing to him." But Joshua, we just stood with him that day and said, David, you're going to bow to Achish one day. You're going to bow to the leader of Gath one day. You're going to join up and live with the Philistines one day. And David looked at you and said, You've lost your mind. You're crazy. You're crazy. But what happened? Sin. Sin. You know what? I guarantee you. I guarantee you today. If you was to, and I can take you to a lot of them, but, Brother I if we was to go knock on the door of an addict today, finally get them aroused and get them to the door, Brother Stanley, let's stand let us to look at them and say, 10 years ago, when he was a beautiful young lady coming through high school, was a homecoming queen, was the sports star, going to church, serving God and living for God. Ten years ago, did you picture yourself in this state? I guarantee you tears would run down their face and go, absolutely not. But what happened? The pattern of their life got changed. The pattern of their life got changed. Sin, what happened in David's life? The people of David's life was affected. The pattern of David's life was affected. Come start playing softly, Miss Tanya. I say this in closing. The peace, the peace, the peace that passeth all understanding, the peace of David's life was affected. Can you tell you something about sin? Sin will take every bit of peace, every little bit of peace that you've got away from you. Sin will take it away from you. You say, well, oh, preacher, you know what? Preacher, I'm messing around in sin and it don't bother me right now. Well, let me just give you a little Bible, can I? Hebrews chapter number 11. Verse number 25. Moses said, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Watch this. For a season. If a man says there's no fun in sin, he's a liar. Because the Bible says that there is. But here's what the Bible says. It's just for a season. It will pass. Lester Roloff said this. I've heard my daddy say it for years. If I'm not mistaken, Brother Lester Roloff was the first one that kindly made this statement. Here's what he said. He said, sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. And sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. I bet when we got to chapter number 30, a year and four months into David bowing a knee to the king of Gath, I bet when we get to chapter number thirty and David comes back mad because he wasn't able to go fight against Israel, that still just blows my mind. But I bet when he, if there was a hill, he'd come over, brother Josh, brother Corey. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know the, I don't know how the lay of the land was there. But I bet whenever he saw the smoke on the horizon. In the back of his mind, he began to think, man, I wonder what that is. I, I, I wonder, well, I, I bet Billy's went out and got the leaves up and was burning leaves. And then as he began to get closer, he thought, man, that's a whole lot of smoke. And as he began to get closer, he thought, man, that's a whole lot of smoke. If he was on a chariot, he's probably making the horses run faster. If he's riding a horse, he's probably kicking it in the side. He's telling the men something's wrong in Ziglag. Something's wrong at the house. There's a big fire, men. We've got to get back. And as they roll into Ziglag, and their whole life has went up in flames, and their wives and their children are gone, I bet there was no peace in David's life at that moment. I bet at that moment David was thinking, what a fool I am. What a fool I am to have done this. How crazy could I have been to allow sin to drive me to this place. ears. Here's what started David saying, I don't have time to preach this, but it was fear. That's what it was. David was afraid of Saul. It was fear. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. I want you to hear the preacher. God hath not given us a spirit of fear. And don't nobody get mad at me. But let me tell you what anxiety is it's fear. It's fear. They get around people, it's a fear. They get in tight places, it's a fear. And I'm going to tell you something. God didn't give you that. Well, it's getting quiet. But God didn't give you that. And what happens a lot of times, I'm not saying all the time, but what happens a lot of times, Brother Dakota, is nobody takes that anxiety to God they take it to a doctor and a doctor dopes them out of their mind and they become addicted to a prescription drug that sooner or later and it's probably going to be sooner than later is not going to fix them anymore and then they find somebody that's got a little bit of this or a little bit of that and before you know it they're shooting herself up with heroin and all of it sprung back to fear that never came from God all David had to do was trust what God had already promised him. God had already promised him the throne. God had already told him he was going to be king. Saul couldn't kill him. But because of fear, he finds himself now in a place where everything's gone. And I going to tell you something this morning. Sin will affect your peace. It will affect it. The result of sin and the life of death.